of a better me equals a better we podcast i think of strangers who magically become friends live on camera and off camera for a community of friends like-minded people who are open and are here to share ideas about how we can be better as a people as a whole give a safe place for anybody is looking for a podcast i love it it's inspirational it's ingenious and it it unifies us as a whole as people better me equals a better we a better me equals a better we all right y'all welcome back to another episode of the a better me equals a better we podcast i am your host trey um so excited to be back with you guys yet again um and then start off episode number two of season two this episode is going to be titled welfare system and i got two questions regarding the welfare system um, and those two questions are, are we, is the welfare system about um, giving you a chance to be self-sufficient or uh, is it putting people in a place where now they're dependent on the government? Um, and I feel like those are two um, very important questions to ask. Like when we're talking about um, this particular topic about welfare, um, is, it, is, is it empowering people or are we putting people in a position where they're going to forever need somebody else right so if you guys see me looking down um you know i'm just trying to actually um set up on instagram i'm going to give people on instagram a chance uh to be a part of the conversation um with you guys and stuff and i'll definitely be sure to read the comments out um for everybody that's viewing on instagram uh so you guys will have the opportunity to interact with them as well so without further ado um you know i just want to start off like i always do um from the very beginning right when we're talking about um sorry guys hooking this up so everybody on instagram land can see me all right great so when we're talking about um you know the welfare system right a lot of times uh, the welfare system, when the conversation comes up, um, we're usually talking about minorities, uh, minorities, black, brown people, um, Hispanic people uh, who are known to, to need or be a part of government assistance. Right. So now my question for you guys is from like from your own experience, do you guys feel like it's something that that only minorities use? Right. Um, I've heard people say on different occasions, like I've heard people say on different occasions where, um, you know, I'm, I, I may be Caucasian, I may be white and, and I'm on welfare. Right. Or I've heard people say, you know, that, that there are people that come from other countries, um, that have used welfare, but then also I think about people that come from other countries. Right. So people that may come from like, um, Jamaica or different islands, um, you know, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, a lot of people have that story. Like my family came over here and we made it work, right? Like we didn't have to use this type of assistance, you know, their, their family worked however many jobs they did, whatever they had to do to make it work. Right. So why is it that like you can have a family member, I can speak for myself personally, right? Like I've had family members who have been on welfare, like my entire life like i don't remember them ever having a job like i just remember them being on welfare right so for me growing up one of the things that i saw was people be self-sufficient like oh i'm sorry not self-sufficient but dependent i've seen a lot of people be dependent on welfare where people don't even want to get jobs right so so like for my thing is how could you not want to get a job where I personally feel like something like this was created to give you the opportunity to like get on your feet, um, give you the opportunity to, to let's say like, I, you know, right now I'm down, I can take this, I can pay this. And then now I can be in a position where I can provide for not just myself, but my family. Right. So like, I don't know, like, like somebody comment, somebody tell me something like, like, what do, what do you guys think, you know, in regards to, to how that works right like are people just you know just taking it and they're like all right these people they're gonna pay half my rent they're gonna pay 
all my rent. So I'm, I don't want to get a job. Like, I don't want to get a job because I know, or you have people that have the potential to make more money, right? Like I've seen so many people have the potential to make more money, but they like, I don't want to make any more money because I'm going to lose uh, such and such benefits. Right. Um, one of the things that I hear that a lot about is food stamps, right? So is food stamps something that, that we should say, okay, I know I could probably be making $80,000 a year, but I don't want to pay for food out of my pocket. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think for me personally, I think that um, we should always want to be self-sufficient as people, but you don't always see that um, depending on the type of person that it is. Um, and especially when you grow up in a neighborhood that's filled with poverty. I think in a lot of poverty neighborhoods, you don't see a lot of people that are willing to want to be self-sufficient. You see a lot of people, um, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people, I should say, I've seen a lot of people that um, in the cases where people are um, using some type of assistance, they kind of get used to it. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, and nowadays with entrepreneurs and stuff like that, and people um, wanting better, people wanting to own houses and not just have the newest car and stuff like that. Like people want houses, people want things that they can pass down. But in a lot of situations in minority communities, you see people passing down apartments, like people who are passing down apartments in the projects, right? Whereas in some cases, people want to pass down houses, right? So, um, Two Sweet Tea on Instagram said they make it hard to be self-sufficient because the cost of living keeps going up, but wages are staying the same. See, that's a very important point, right? And that's why I always say, like, yo, be a part of the conversation because that's real, right? That's real. Like, and I can really understand, I can really understand that. And and I know her personally, so I know for a fact, like, you know, she's not someone that that says like, all right, you know, she don't want to do something or she want to, you know, uh, be able to receive assistance. Like this person that, that made that comment, she's a goal getter. Like if I ever knew a goal getter, like she's a goal getter. But that's real. Right. It's real. And then sometimes you could be that person in that situation where like the housing market is through the roof. I know for me growing up in New York City, at this point, you can't get a cardboard box. Like you cannot get a cardboard box, a studio cardboard box for less than $2,000, right? It feels like that. So now if you're a person who's working hard, middle class or middle to upper class, like in that in that middle area where maybe you don't qualify for some of the benefits because of your pay, right? But you still have bills like these, like, like, living still costs money and then if you have children like that definitely um makes it that definitely makes it different like um you know in the sense of like i might be working a great job but it just costs so much to live um natalie said on facebook she said your first statement people from other countries may not get on welfare because their citizenship status does not allow them to apply for welfare that's a great point too right so sometimes we can't always assume that people did it another way because they wanted to sometimes they had to right like sometimes they absolutely had to they there was there was no other way that they could and i just thank god that they were able to make it work you get what i'm saying um natalie also said my experience has shown people that come from other countries have a higher percentage of people receiving welfare than black african americans um and then she also said understand the roots and history of welfare um in the decades following the civil war Black people uh, vied for control over the terms and conditions under which they worked as the federal and state governments implemented policies to coerce them to work under the ex exploitative terms white people set, establishing a form of neo-slavery. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I can say, um, and I do believe this, y'all please don't try to meet me in the parking lot after this um, if you disagree, but for me, I think that in some cases I can see it as a form of slavery, right? I can see it as a form of like people not wanting to um, get away from this um, if if they don't have to, right? Like, so there are people that need it, right? Because um, uh, we just had the comment on Instagram and she made a great point in the sense that the cost of living is so high, right? And that's true. The cost of living is very high and wages are not going up, right? I, I've seen the news a bunch of times and they're saying like, oh, we're going to up the minimum wage. We're going to up the minimum wage. When y'all going to up the minimum wage, right? 
and I'm not even just talking about people that's making minimum wage, right? There, there are people who are making far greater than minimum wage and it's still hard to live, right? Like, I don't care where you live at. A lot of times people say like, oh, um, let's go to the South. Let's go um, to a, a different state or something like that, right? You can go to a different state where maybe the, the cost of housing is less. So let's say you go from a place where the your your rent is 1600 1800 a month right you can go somewhere where it's 16 1800 a month and then you go move somewhere and your rent is 650 a month but now the minimum wage there is five dollars like you get what i'm saying and i'm just throwing numbers out there but but a lot of times like we can't just look at a place and say well it's cheaper to live here that may be true but how much are they paying right and then that also brings um another strain on people because there are a group of people, let's say, for example, and we see this a lot in the tri-state area, right? We, we'll see somebody that works in New York because they pay, you know, what they need to pay to survive, but they might be driving to Pennsylvania. They might be driving to Connecticut. They might be driving to different parts of Jersey on an everyday basis just to um, stay above water. <clears throat> and that's a lot of stress. That can definitely be a lot of stress on somebody if you really think about it, because most of those places from New York City, when you get to a place where the housing may be where you want it to be, that's a two-hour drive, a two-and-a-half-hour drive, especially if you're in the middle of rush hour traffic. It can be a three-, four-hour drive. So that's eight hours out of your day on your commute when you get into work, when you're coming from work. And then let's say if you have kids, that's that ups your your um, your bill for child care. Like it's just so many, it's just so many different, different um, things that impact that. And it doesn't, it's not an easy thing, right? So how do we get to a point, right? This is my question for you guys. Like, how do we get to a point where people can afford to live? Like, is it a government thing? Like, it, or, or is there, is there anything that we can do as a people, right? Like, and it doesn't, and I'm not just talking about, you know, black, brown, Hispanic, like I'm just saying just in general, is there anything that we can do as a people to to kind of break away from from that and be able to afford to live? Like, because I personally believe that two jobs is for two people, right? I'm, I'm going to say straight up, two jobs is for two people, right? But you got some people that have to live like, like they two people. Um, Nikki said in the comments, exactly. Some people say i make good money but still have to wait for their check to pay bills um and there are a lot of people living check to check i remember natalie said in one of our uh, episodes and i'll share this because she shared it with you guys um and she said uh back in 2010 um I, was it 2010 she said but it was it was a year um i forgot what year she said but at a point in her life um she may not have been um physically homeless but emotionally she was homeless um you know living from check to check and that stress of living from check to check like that's stressful to feel like i never i never know when that day is going to come where i might just i might just be put out right and that's a real life thing right so now you have people that that get stuck right literally get stuck in a situation where you have to be dependent on um welfare paying you uh paying the part of your rent you have to be dependent on um those food stamps coming in because it's just so hard and so expensive to live um natalie said i love the comment regarding the cost of living um welfare is a fluid topic that cannot be discussed without first understanding the history of poverty in the united states many welfare programs are tied directly to the poverty line which is defined federally on an annual basis and it definitely does. It goes hand in hand with poverty. Like no matter how we slice it, no matter how we put it, you know, these are these are conversations that wealthy people don't have to have. Right. And that's why that's why I think it's important, again, one, to define the fact that I'm not here to entertain. Right. Because a lot of times when you go on social media or you or you watch TV or any type of show, it's entertainment. Right. These are conversations that we really, you know, don't have right that we really need to have like how can we grow right and this is why you know i always try to have just different groups of people um in one place so i like to be around people that i feel like 
um, are doing great or that are doing better than me or may be wealthy or on their way to be wealthy because you can teach me how to be wealthy, right? So now, now this conversation doesn't apply to me. When you get to a certain level of um, of money, certain things just don't just don't apply to you no more. And that's and one of the things is needing extra assistance, right? So that's why I asked the question, like, what can we do to get on the other end of that? Um, Nikki said in our comments, she said, uh, people feel like welfare is security, um, but it is for them. <laughs> Look, um, Natalie said in our comments, you asked the question, what can we do? Uh, yes, change our mindset and priorities. And I'm talking about me. I had to stop buying what I wanted and borrowing what I needed. That right there is so, so, so powerful because, and, and I've heard Natalie say this before, a lot of times you'll have somebody, uh, and I know a lot of people hate this, right? When somebody asks you to borrow money, um, but they got on the newest disc, they drop the flyers that, they're always in, in, in expensive places, right? So they spend their money on what they want to spend it on, but what they need, you know, th that's the person that's going to call you when they need rent. You get what I'm saying? Like when, when your light bills pass due, that's that's what I'm going to call you for. But when the new Jordans come out, I'm going to spend that when I could have took half of that and pay my light bill or pay half my light bill. I could have saved up for those Jordans. I could have saved up for those jeans. I could have, you know, I could have not went to a certain place. Right. So people are now borrowing money from you, the person that may have a little bit of excess. You may be trying to get yourself in a good position, but people are borrowing what they need. Um, and buying what they want. And, and, and that's, that's just the, the, the hard truth. Um, John said in our comments on Instagram, that's big. And I agree with you, bro. Like for real, like that, that's really big. Um, Tamiko said on Facebook, she said, because majority of wealthy people's wealth is handed down to them, generational wealth. That's big. That's big. And I, and I definitely want to pause right there on that because that is real rap. That's like there's really not a lot of ways to to slice that when you really sit and look at it. Um, when you look at even our former president, um, when you look at a lot of people um, who are on the Forbes list and stuff like that, we see people that built wealth. But a lot of times it, it, you see a lot of people in a lot of cases where maybe their parent gave them an opportunity to start a business that that then, you know, eventually became a million, billion, trillion dollar business or whatever. But they had an opportunity because of that generational wealth so when we talk about generations and passing things down this is why i feel like a conversation like this is important because not saying there's anything i have anything against uh section eight or welfare or any type of assistance but i don't want to pass my section eight down to my kid right like i want to pass a house down to my kid but i want to pass you know generational wealth down to my kids so that that way they'll have a start that i didn't have right but now the key is just how do we get over that poverty line? Like how how can we get over that poverty line, especially when for a lot of life may feel like everything is stacked against them. So first, the first thing I have to do is figure out how to survive. And once I figure out how to survive, now I have to figure out, okay, how can I get in a place where I, where I, and then once I figure out how I got, how I can get extra, all right, how can I now turn this extra into wealth? You get what I'm saying? Like, and it's really a process. And I think sometimes when we hear people with money talk about getting out and, and when we're talking about getting out of poverty and we talking about trying to, you know, make that step to, to, to go away from being dependent and be able to be overly self-sufficient to the point where we're able to pass things like this, it's really a process. And survival is one of the hardest things to do. Like it, it, even if we talk about it just from a mental aspect, the toll that it takes on you mentally when you're just surviving, where you're just making it right, then may go wrong, right? Like if I'm living paycheck to paycheck and then my car get a flat, that just messed everything up. That set me back for like a month, right? So I think a lot of times when 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 certain people you know, get to a certain point, they talk about it like it's so easy to get out of poverty. It's so easy to not need government assistance. It's so easy um, to not, you know, need programs like Section 8 and stuff like that. But first, I got to figure out how I can survive before I can talk about, you know, building wealth. I need extra. 
You get what I'm saying? I, I need something on top of my weekly, um, monthly expenses in order for me to be able to invest in in whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it be my dream, whether it be a business, um, whether it be, you know, anything, because outside of survival, everything else is extracurricular, right? Um, Natalie said in our comments, Tamiko, I agree with you. However, generational wealth does not mean the person knows how to handle money. So many of them, generational wealth, are financially ignorant. They have people handling their money for them. So that's another thing that I think is so important when we talk about being self-sufficient or being dependent on someone or being dependent on the program, the government, et cetera, right? That's something that I think is so important is money management, right? Um, I know for me, I'm building a better relationship with money, but there's a lot of people like myself who semi have a horrible relationship with money. Like we spend money like we wealthy and we're actually not, right? And then now you go from a point where maybe you might've been in a position to be the lender and now you're the borrower because you don't have a good relationship with money. And I'm talking about myself, right? Um, so I, I, I definitely do agree in the sense of um, having a, a great relationship with money. And then these people that, that may be in a position of wealth having people to handle their money um, so that that way they don't make decisions that may harm, harm them in the long run. Um, on Instagram, we have a comment that says, no, you start to suffer from a sort of PTSD, getting stuck in trauma response. You can't see past the now. Oh, no, that's that. that I think that was so that was it. Like that was big. Like that was big. Um, getting stuck in the now like that i'm i mean you can't get past the now so you suffer from a sort of ptsd getting stuck in the, the trauma response how many times have how many times have we been in situations like that right and 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 i i can only talk for myself where let's say my bank account gets to a certain amount or or maybe i don't have a bill like that that trauma that mental that we talked about like it's it's definitely a mental game as well like it's a mental game as well when we talk about poverty. Like poverty does so much to people and it creates such a, a trauma uh, where it's sometimes it's hard to get past that, right? Like let's say I do get in a position where maybe I, where remember we talked about it being a process in the sense of like, first I got to figure out how to survive. Then I got to figure out how to get extra. And then now I got to figure out how do I cross over that line? But but when your mind, when you haven't changed your mentality, when you can't get past that trauma um, or when I can't get past that trauma, uh, my relationship with money, the way I handle my finances is always going to be in fear. It's always going to be in fear because I have that trauma. I have that fear of being without. Um, uh, 1989 said on Instagram, can't save money to save my life. I don't know about you. I just I wanna I just wanna understand why he's telling my business right now. Like I wanna understand why he's telling my business. <laughs> like can't save money to save my life. And sometimes you know what's so crazy. It's not even that we don't want to save money, but at what point do I have enough to save? Right? If I make a thousand dollars a month and all of my expenses is nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. How how how? Right. How does that work out? Like, I can't I can't see past that. And that's where these programs come in, like food stamps, giving you that relief where it's like, OK, I can spend this on food, um, you know, child care. They have child care vouchers and stuff like that. Like, that's where these things come in. But I really want to know, like, if there's somebody that's wealthy, you know, somebody that's wealthy. Y'all help me get across this line. Like, how do I how can how can I get across this? Because because I'm trying to get across the line. Right. Um Natalie said in our comments, look at all the people that die broke that have money. We have to understand our relationship with money and wealth. Statistics show people broke that hit the lottery for millions end up broke in less than three years. Poverty is a fixed mindset. So, so back to the mindset, right? It all starts in our mind. If I, if I stop thinking like I'm broke, right? And when I say stop thinking like I'm broke, that doesn't mean acknowledge the fact that not to acknowledge the fact that I am broke, right? That doesn't mean that. But if I start thinking with a wealth mindset, like it, it'll open things up so much more. Like I believe that it'll open things so much more if we change the way that we think regarding money. Um, Natalie also said, I think one of the greatest money managers I know is Trey. P 
people call you stingy when you don't splurge. That's a fact. That is a fact. Um, for me, I always thought I had to save five hundred to a thousand dollars a payday. I would never save five to ten dollars a payday on my own. Um, and sometimes you got to start small. Like that's another thing. Like um, my dad calls um, my generation, and I'm in my early thirties, right? My dad calls my generations and the generations um, after mine. He calls us microwave babies. And he calls us that because he his analogy to that is that, you know, at a certain point in time, when your mother cooked, when your grandmother cooked, um, they cook things in the oven, on the stove. Those things take time, right? So there was a certain patience um, that was embedded in them when it was time to eat that they knew that, okay, the food is coming. Whereas nowadays, if you put a, a chicken in the oven, your kid going to be looking at you like, where's the food? Like, we can't just put a hot pocket in the microwave, right? Like, we want it now. Right. And we don't have the patience to wait for the full meal, even though the meal that that we'll receive in the oven is way more nourishing and it, it, it's going to taste way better. Right. Than the meal that we put in the microwave. But we want it now. Um, so I, I really like what you said about that five to ten dollars a day, um, because sometimes you got to start small. Like sometimes you don't have the five hundred to a thousand dollars. Sometimes we break ourselves down put ourselves in a position where, um, you know, we're struggling because we're trying to save more than we actually can save and realizing if we just take smaller steps, these, these smaller steps will allow us to accumulate. If we just put whatever our dream is, whatever our goal is, instead of trying to put it in the microwave, if we put our dream in the oven, let it sit, let it cook, let, let you know, check on it, stir it up, you know, pour that juice on top of it, you know, Mar even even before the cooking process marinated like you get what i'm saying if we take our time you know in certain instances it's, it may work out better than just trying to get get what we want overnight and you see that a lot with social media because someone can have five hundred thousand followers a million followers a video that went viral so now we look at it and 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 i think sometimes we want that we want that overnight like that one video that went viral and now you know i'm a, a high-end earner but it doesn't always happen like that for for the average person those are one-off situations so i think having this conversation with you guys it really helped me you know not be discouraged um not be discouraged about my dream not be discouraged about where i am right now in life um, because sometimes we all need that 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 point, that place where we have to be recentered because life happens and life happens to all of us, right? Life happens and and sometimes we feel like we're behind because so, with social media, you see people in your face all the time. Um, and and we may feel like we're behind, but this this just helped me because now, you know, I can refocus and say, all right, you know what? people may not, be listening as much as i want people to be listening like you know people may not be willing to help as much as i want them to be willing to help i may not be making as much money as i want to be making i may not be where i want to be um but now my mindset has shifted to oven put put all of those things in the oven and just and just care for it and when it's done it'll be the best meal you ever had you know versus that hot pocket right um what about other cultures that will save together and live 20 in a house to save money to buy a house? What do you guys like? What, what, what are you guys thoughts on that? Right. Um, I think that that is um, that that is a very um, great tactic. I think it works for a lot of people. And we've seen that work for a lot of people, right? Um, a lot of people who live in a house with a, with a bunch of their family members and they work to buy that house or even in the sense like I've even seen personally, um, not with my own eyes, but someone that I know um, where, you know, a bunch of family members, they all live together and they help each other buy the house. Right. So we're all going to put this money together and then you'll get the house and then we'll, we'll keep putting the money together. And then this person and just being in a, being in a, um, in a place where we're going to uplift each other and you don't feel like you have to do it on your own. And I think that that's another thing in, in that we see in our community and it sucks to see, um, you know, as, as what people call uh, the minorities, the black, brown, Hispanic communities. You see that a lot where 
um, you you're you're left to think that that you have to you have to get it on your own, right? Like everybody wants to be self-made. Everybody, you know, it, it's becoming a trend to even say I got it out the mud. Like to be honest with you, I don't want to get it out the mud. I don't want to be in the mud. I'm just gonna keep it real. That's just my opinion. You know, I don't want to get it out the mud. And the last thing I want is for my children, because I have kids, right? The last thing I want is for my kids to feel like I got to get it out the mud. Not while I'm around. Like, you get what I'm saying? So, so why is it that, like, why do you guys think it's so hard for us to do things together? Like, is it a personality thing? Is it, is it one of those things where maybe... Is it one of those things where maybe like we don't trust each other enough? Is it one of those things where maybe like, you know, like are there people that are selfish? Like, like what do you guys think it is that that for some reason we just can't seem to come together, right? Um, I've seen people come together and you can see it in your own neighborhoods, right? Like I've seen people come together and have a corner store on the corner of my block. Then I walk six blocks down and there's another corner store and I see that same person in that corner store too. And then a few blocks down, I see that same person in that corner store too. And it's kind of like there's like, and they're all related and they're just kind of setting each other up, right? We're going to have this store for a little while. Then we're going to get this one. This is going to be your store. You're going to run this. We're going to have this store for a little while. And, and I'm not, I'm just using the corner store as an analogy. Um, and that's a true story that I, that I saw myself. I'm just using the corner store as an analogy, but why is it that you guys feel like we can't do that, right? Come and build together and buy together, whether it's a home, whether it's businesses, you know, why why can't we do that? Um, Nikki said in our comments, I'll get it out the mud so my kids don't have to. And I think that that's, that's pretty much, for the most part, all of the parents I know, I think that that's, that's all of their mindset. You know, at this point, we realize that there are some things that was passed down to us that we we just don't want to pass down to our kids. We just don't want to pass down to our kids. And, and I think that poverty is one of them. I think that poverty is one of them. And, and the reason just to just to make sure that we're going full circle, the reason why the conversation is geared towards poverty, because it's typically people in poverty who have to be dependent on assistance um natalie said in my comments don't get mad at me i think it's mental illness we as a people are dealing with some hurts and and that's just like the comment that we had on instagram um where where it was like you know we start to suffer from a sort of ptsd um and and now we're moving with a trauma response and 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 then we get to a point where we can't see the future because the only thing that 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 our mind will allow us to see us right now. And I'll even take it a step further. I think sometimes it's not even that our mind not only doesn't let us see past right now, we also create narratives for the future that may not actually happen. So now we have a narrative that's like, all right, if I go out and do this, then I'm going to be you know, dead broke, if I take this risk, if I take this job, if I move to this place that may have a better opportunity for me, if I do these things, I may end up in a predicament that's worse than what, I, what I'm in now. And the whole time that never happened. It never actually happened, but we create that narrative in, in our mind because of that, that, that trauma of being in poverty, that trauma of being dependent, right? Like, how can I, how can I actually make it if I stop, if I have to pay for food out of my own pocket, how can I actually make it if I take this job and they don't accept, you know, my childcare vouchers? Like, I know I'm going to be making more money, but that that the the trauma response sometimes hold us, holds us back from being self-sufficient in certain situations. So I think one of the main things that that we that we discussed as a as a collective, and I think that we all agree on, is that we really have to really have to tackle our mental our mental plays a really big part on if we're going to be self-sufficient if we're going to be dependent and if we're ever going to cross over that poverty line it has to start in our minds it has to start in our minds um 1989 said in our comments on instagram 
it's the art of competition instead of community. We can build a community, but the stigma, but the stigma of being the only one or the best one is is a far greater experience. I'm just gonna let that. I'm I, I'm gonna read that again, but I just want to let that sit in with y'all real quick. Just we just gonna let that sit in. I'm gonna read that again. It's the art of competition instead of community. We can build that community, but the stigma of being the only one or the best one is a far greater experience. I'm going to keep it real with you. I think that's 100, 100, 200, 500. I agree with that 100%. Why are we competing with each other? Like it's 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 amazing. Like it's amazing, and then that brings us to what? what? What's the analogy that they always use? Crabs in a barrel. Crabs in a barrel. And instead of getting to a place where where, and Jay Z said this in a song. I don't know what the name of the song is and where or where he was performing it, but he said crabs in a barrel, and we don't even realize that we can get out of the barrel. We can make it out of the barrel if we climb on each other's back. And then he said, whoever gets to this top, as long as they stay attached, they can pull everybody out. It's it's so it's so crazy, but we're just thinking like, yo, I, j- I just want to be the best one. I want to be the crab that make it to the top. So whoever I got to pull down to get there, to climb and get there, we're just yanking each other down. We're just yanking each other down. When in all actuality, if we just stood on top of each other, and allowed and, and allowed ourselves to build together, we'll have so much more. We'll have so much more. And to be honest with you, that's why me personally, there are people that I have around me that I feel like I feel like there there, there are a lot of people around me that for me personally, I can't be around somebody that I feel like will pull me down when they get the opportunity because you never know who's going to pull you down. So let's, let's just make that clear. You don't know, you don't know who is that type of person or you don't know who until they're given the opportunity to do it. That's the scary part about life. Like you could be around a snake and not even know it's a snake until it's given the opportunity to bite you. opportunity shows character right so now with me there are there are people that i'm around that 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 i know that i may not be around like i have a friend a brother john i'm not around john every day when i talk to john we talk about fun stuff we talk about you know we catch up we you know sports whatever you know stuff that we have in common but at some point in the conversation it's not planned it's never planned, but at some point in a conversation, we always get to a point where we're talking about, all right, how can we get ahead? How can how can I better myself? What can I do to help you better yourself? I don't have to see John for three months. I don't have to talk to John for three months. If I call John right now and say, I need to invest in something, I need $100 to invest in something. If John is in a place of excess, if John has it, John is going to invest in me. Right. And I know that because John has been given the opportunity to invest or bite. Like, you get what I'm saying? You don't know who these people are. And it's sad to say, but you don't know who these people are until their character is tested. And John has had plenty of opportunity to not be there for me, but has taken every opportunity that he's had to be there for me. Like, you get what I'm saying? And what I mean when I say that, it's not just John. Like, you know, I have a cousin, Devon. I have a sister, Nikki, an aunt, Natalie, I just multiple, like just multiple people that we're, we're always in a place where we want to see each other succeed. We want to build, right? We want to stand on each other's back, not tear each other's down. And whoever gets to the top first, the only thing I asked was the recipe, like show me how to get there. That's the only thing I don't need. I don't need the handout. I just need the blueprint. So, and, and Nikki said in our comments, all the people around you that want to keep you down because your bond is within trauma. So if healing, they don't want that for you. They want you to do good, but not better than them. 
I think that that like if that's not a Snapple fact, that should be on the back of a Snapple. That that's that should definitely be on the back of a Snapple cap. That is a fact. And it's sad to say when when we have these trauma bonds, when we have these struggle bonds, right? Sometimes the things that we have in common with people is our struggle. Sometimes the things that we have in common with people is our struggle. And that's in friendships. That's in relationships. You and someone else have connected because of the struggle that y'all share. So what happens when one of you guys start to heal? Now the relationship starts feeling funny. Y'all don't talk as much as y'all used to. Y'all used to. Um, you know, you start getting comments like, yeah, I see you doing your little whatever i see you started your little business oh you hollywood now oh you acting funny like why am i acting funny because i don't want to be in this trauma anymore why am i acting funny because yes we shared this trauma that may be poverty right and with poverty poverty is a packed trauma because poverty is not just i'm broke when you when when you're in poverty you're in situations that most people should not have to be in you're exposed to things that most people should not have to see so it's not just all right i'm broke i'm in po i'm in poverty so that's that's the problem like so when i say you guys can like be um attached because of a trauma if y'all attached because y'all both in poverty that's a lot because now we also when we talk about it being a mental thing what do people do when they're mentally stressed? Unfortunately, some people turn to substances. So you guys can share that, you know, um, in common. And what happens when one of y'all say, I don't want to drink no more, or I don't want to get high no more. Now the relationship is estranged. Like, you get what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh, okay, you're a different person. Like, you, you don't want to. And it should never be a problem for you to grow. It should never be a problem for you to grow. Like, if if my friend, if my if my spouse... If, you know, anyone, a family member does not want me to grow, it, it doesn't mean I love you any less, but I can't have you hold me down because I got stuff I need to do because there's there are people that are dependent on me. Like I got two little people dependent on me like that can't do for themselves at this point. So do I want to set them up for success or am I going to allow you to keep me down because I don't want to change the dynamic of our relationship? I want to get to a point where I can make over $100,000 a year, $200,000 a year, whatever that cap is. I want to get to a point where I can be comfortable and not need help. But you just keep trying to tell me, oh, you don't want to make no more money because you're not going to get this help. No, I need to make this money because somebody's depending on me. Nikki said, you need healthy friendships and relationships where a person can help you be your better self even if you will be quote unquote better than them everybody's everybody's better is different right i just need to be better for me so if if i'm quote unquote better than you it's impossible because life i think we got it confused life is not about levels life is more so about lanes i can't if you're a rapper if you're a rapper and i'm a singer or, or uh, let me not even use that analogy because both people are artists. If 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 you're a carpenter and another person is an is a, a, a IT person, I can't be better than you as an IT person if I'm a carpenter. That's two different trades. So we too busy trying to look at who got more of this, who got more of that, and 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 the only thing that we have to do is be the best in our lane, like be the best in our lane. And again, if we're in the same lane. Show me how you got that good. Show me how you got there. If we really cool, like if we really friends, like show me how you got there. Let's do it together. Natalie said in our comments, just like addicts, like the people at work that go outside and smoke together, the cigarette smokers have a bond. That's a fact. That's a, that's a fact. Like I heard somebody say when I was at work one time that the 15 minute break was created for smokers. Because people that don't smoke, what you going to do in 15 minutes? 
and and every time they about to like yo you you about to go all right come on we out like you get what i'm saying like it, it's a bond i remember someone told me why you care about your credit we all are gonna die in debt like what i want more in life like what i want more in life i need more in life run as fast as you can from people like that why do you care about credit we all gonna die in debt that's crazy that's crazy and and the sad part about it is for people in my generation it's something that we weren't particularly taught about i wasn't taught about credit i knew what a credit card was right i knew what a credit card was like the very basics i knew what a credit card was i knew the difference between a credit and a debit card i didn't know what a credit score was i didn't know what a credit score was i'm gonna be so honest with you guys i didn't know what a credit score was till i messed mine's up that's when i learned about credit like when i messed mine's up and then i learned how valuable it was and how much you needed it and how much people asked you about it like i didn't know that people was really like asking you like what's your credit score so you can live in a certain place or even jobs like I, I applied for a job and they said they was gonna run my credit like what that's insane and now it, it's to the point it's to the point where we can't even be upset at the generation before us because they had no idea i don't think they had any idea you i think they knew the basics like even something i remember my mom like if she didn't want to use a credit card or something like that she'll cut it up like she'll cut the card but now when we start learning more about credit now we learn that if you have a credit card and you don't use it and the creditor closes it that can take a hit on your credit like like you get up like so these are things where it's like if you know better you do better so now we're at a point where our parents their parents are now learning more we're learning more because we're adults now so now we have to take all of this information we have to we have to learn we got to get as much information as we can because we know what it's like to feel like we were set back because there was information that wasn't given it that, that wasn't given to us so now we got to try to get as much as we can so now we can give it to our kids and break the poverty line I don't want my kid to have to feel like now again if you need it you need it right this is not an episode where i'm bashing help from anywhere i don't care if it's from the government i don't care if it's a voucher i don't care if it's from your best friend i'm not bashing help i just want all of us to get to a point myself included because i'm not rich all right let's just keep it let me just throw that out there i'm not wealthy i'm not rich i ain't got it like that you know what i'm saying but I want us all to be all to be at a point where we're self-sufficient. Period. You get what I'm saying? Like, like it's just that simple. And that's why conversations like this is so needed. But the sad part about it is there's not a lot of people that want to partake in conversations like this. Right? If if, it, if I had if I had fifty thousand dollars like this and I was holding it to my ear. I probably have a million views right now. Right? If I if I was if I was doing something to entertain, I probably have a million views right now. But we don't want to have conversations like this where we can build, right? For the most part, we we have been conditioned to be entertained. And there's a, there's a lot of other things that are going on, right? So if you're in a position where you're self-sufficient, comment like give somebody a suggestion somebody needs this like like if you're self-sufficient right right now I'm, I'm talking to anybody that's watching or listening in the future right if you're somebody that's self-sufficient give somebody a tip on how they can be self-sufficient you if you have let's say you you live in a house just yourself you got multiple kids a job and you figured out a way to be self-sufficient and not need help and you can do it on your own give somebody a tip we don't have to be crabs in a barrel no more we don't have we, we don't have to be crabs in a barrel no more like you like it's almost like like it's a secret you ever see somebody get something like a jacket or something like that or 
or or any type of information and they like nah i can't tell you where i got that from or or they make you pay them for the information that's crazy to me that's crazy to me like crazy john said in our comments um you literally taught me about credit and the importance of it it took a while but i had to listen to you this is exactly what i mean i don't know everything about credit i don't know everything about anything let's let's just be real i know a lot about a lot of things but i don't know everything about anything but anything that i have why would i not give it to why would i not give it to somebody that's close to me I, matter of fact not let me rephrase that not even somebody that's close to me why would i not give it to somebody I don't care who you are i want to see you be great and i don't think it's enough people out there like that that really want to genuinely see people be great like let that man be great let that woman be great it's not going to make you any less great give that person help and help is not always seeing you know someone that may be homeless and giving them a few dollars what about what, what about your your cousin your sister your brother your friend someone that you know that you know ain't got it give them a few dollars i'm not saying don't give the homeless person you know a few dollars or a meal but there are people there are other people that need help too and information is worth so much more than money because can't nobody steal that you can give me a hundred dollars right now somebody can steal it but if you give me the blueprint on how to be self-sufficient i'll never lose that unless i get dementia or alzheimer's and at that point, I'm old. So I already put myself in a position to, to be good in the next generation and the next generation if I instill it in them correctly. I heard somebody say, um, I think it was Eric Thomas. I heard somebody say, um, I, I don't I don't care about the money for a house. Because if I have the blueprint to the house, that house can burn down. I got the blueprint. We can build the whole the same one. We can build the same if I have the blueprint give out the blueprint stop being stingy real talk like just i'm just gonna say it flat out stop why are we being stingy you know what i'm saying um nikki said in our comments and then when you have a person that generally wants you to be the best version of yourself the trauma filled connected people will look at you like you're acting funny when you just want to be better but they hate it and will spread lies to other people to make it seem like you're just acting funny let's just all be great that's a fact get away from that person that don't want you around that person because you getting better and i've seen that that's happened to me personally where i started hanging around a particular person and, and, and the the people that i were hanging that i was hanging out with before even though we were still hanging they was like yo you really hanging out with, with what's her name like you really were hanging out with, what's his name like you yeah oh y'all cool now y'all friends now? yes yes we cool now yes we friends now and i'm becoming a better person but at the end of the day i gotta get the information so i can be a gift to somebody else because at the end of the day the better that i am as a person the better we are as a, co a collective hence a better me equals a better we that's real that's not something that i was just thinking like hmm what can i shut the podcast game down with like what's catchy like what's gonna get them what can i shut the game down no that's that's real that's really how i feel so so we so we gotta try our best to just be there for each other for real not only that do we look at the interest rate on credit cards that we have i get all kinds of offers in the mail the first thing we should check is the interest rate so that's some more information like if you listening that's some more information right yes we know what credit is we know what credit scores are um some of us look at uh at the details as far as like does the car have any annual fees the interest rate you know things like that right like there's a whole list of things when you even when you get like that pre-approved that pre-approval letter there's a list that comes with that and they tell you like pretty much all the details about the card like if you're approved um, so that's something that if you're learning about credit that maybe you can look a little bit more into that'll help you better understand credit in, in its entirety. Um, teach our children about interest rates. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, Cam said in our comments, a tip that I use, always pay a little more than what's due if you can. 
Example, if it's $20 due, pay $21. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Also, um, I want to tell you, um, I also want to tell you guys something that I just learned myself. Um, that I, It's crazy because I learned this myself and then saw a video about it. So that just was confirmation for me that I, I wasn't bugging, right? Have you guys ever paid a credit card bill, right, on the due date and your credit was not updated? And you was like, yo, like, why is it that my score or still say this amount, right? And then I realized that on the date that your statement comes out, on your statement date, that's the day that the credit card companies usually report to the credit agencies. So rather than paying it on the due date, you want to make sure that if you want your balance to reflect a certain amount to your credit to the creditors, that you have to have it in before the statement date. Because that's the amount, the amount that's on the statement, that's usually the amount that's reported to the creditors. So the due date is fine. Your payment history, you know, if you do the the the, the due date, your payment history is going to be on time. But if it's if your due date is after the statement date, the the balance is still going to be reported as whatever that balance is. You know what I'm saying? When it's reported. So that's another thing. That's another. That's a tip from me to y'all. Um, Devon said in our comments, becoming self-sufficient is key. Staying and creating other self uh, other self-sufficient people is major. And that's a fact, right? I want to be self-sufficient for myself. I can't give y'all nothing I don't have. Like, I can't sit here and, and pull an Oprah. Like, like, you get a laptop, you get a MacBook, you get a... I don't have that. I can't give y'all something that I don't have. So one, first becoming self-sufficient now you can teach other people how to be self-sufficient and now we won't need things um that will make us dependent on other people or other programs the sad part about it is again like tamiko said earlier the 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 cost of living is so high and the pay is not getting any higher then you got the gas prices is through the roof like it's it's insane. Like at this point, a gallon of gas is almost as much as an unlimited metro card. And I'm exaggerating, but it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, first of all, welfare was designed to achieve economics sufficiency, not self-sufficiency. Most of the black people I know are self-sufficient. They lack the ability to survive in a county that was designed, in a country that was designed to enslave them. Yeah, y'all might want to take that one down because that 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 was good. Because I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, there are a lot of people that are self-sufficient. But it's just hard to survive. Uh, we need to change our mindset to understand that we are not dependent on the government. We are making the best of a bad economic situation. We need to hold our heads up like facts and we can't let the trauma get the best of us like we cannot let this trauma get the best of us and when i say this trauma i'm not even just talking about the the ptsd from from that that or the the, the stress that we could have received from being in poverty right i'm not even just talking about that there are a lot of other things that go into day-to-day -day life when you just don't have it like that. And now we build up certain walls, we build up certain trauma um, type responses to, to, to life, right? How, how, many, how, how long did it take you to, to take that next step in your career? How long did it take you to take that risk with that business? How long did it take you to take that quote unquote risk and buying that house? Invested in that property, invested in that business. How long did it take you to do that? Because of the trauma and the fear of doing something that that can ultimately put you in a worse position. So we definitely, we definitely gotta, you know, change our mindsets. And if we change the way that we look at things, the things around us will change. I wholeheartedly believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that. A comment on Instagram says, discipline and sacrifices, bro. It's what a lot of people lack on. That's a fact. 
and and that's and and that's it's that's up here. It's it's in our mind. Discipline. Can you tell you no? Like, are you willing to maybe go without, or are you willing to maybe drive a car that that can get you from point A to point B until you can get the new hotness that you want? Are you willing to do that, or are you so worried about? the perception of you that you're not willing to sacrifice hold off for a little while discipline to say okay i do have this amount of extra money i'm building this fund to do this like i'm building this to invest in this can we be disciplined enough to say yo i'm i'm not doing that can we be disciplined enough to say i can't drink every day i can't smoke every day Aside from the fact that it's expensive to drink and smoke every day, for a lot of people, it it, it alters your natural mental state. What are you the best? Are you the best version of yourself when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing? Even even if let's say for example you somebody that likes partaking in a certain activity, we we're not even gonna go as far as addiction or or anything like that, like drinking and smoking and stuff like that. Even if even if it's a certain thing you like to do. Can you not go out on the weekends so you can use that time to plan and build your future? Because a lot of the times, and I did a video on this. If if you guys go on the Facebook page, I, it wasn't on Instagram or, or Spotify, but if you guys go on, on our Instagram page and then also the Facebook page, there was a video that I did that said people use the phrase in, in the, ver the verse in the Bible is turned into a phrase, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But at the end of the day, like, what, what if, right? And I'm just, I'm just giving a hypothetical, right? What if you're the weapon formed against you? Like, we love to put the blame on somebody else. Oh, this person hating, they this, this person is that. That's the reason why I can't do this. My boss don't want to see me be great. This, 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 this. But what about you? You're late to work every day, but it's your boss. Nobody can get you to do what you're supposed to do while you're on your job. Your mother can't get you to help her with the groceries in the house. Like, you don't want to do nothing for... Not even just other people. You don't want to do nothing for yourself. So what if you're the weapon formed against yourself? You're like, you can't be disciplined. You can't make sacrifices. And it's a process. Even again, even for myself, this is not something that I'm saying like, oh, it's you, everybody, this, everybody that like, no, am I going to be disciplined enough? Y'all don't think it's days that I'd be like, all right, I know I'm supposed to do the podcast every Tuesday at eight o'clock, but bruh, I ain't even on that right now. Discipline. I set out to do something. I set out to, to, to help. So I got to do that. I got to be disciplined. Even on days where maybe i just don't feel quite up to it but i'm that invested and in in the 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 idea of a better me equals a better we i'm so invested in having conversations with people where i can learn something and possibly teach somebody something that can take somebody's life to the next level i'm that invested what are, what are you invested in what is it that you need to be more disciplined on? What is it that you need to just make a few sacrifices that can take your life to the next level? So before we close out, Natalie said in our comments, the original welfare system plan and the rules have four objectives. One of the one of them, and I quote, encourage the formation and maintenance of two parent families. Who changed the rules and said that dad could not be in the home? That's cra that's crazy. That's crazy. And that's 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 a loaded question for the end of the episode. And I'm not gonna keep y'all forever because I really I really value your time and um I'm really big on time because time is way more valuable than money. Um so I just appreciate everybody that was a part of the conversation. Um and, and I think that that's something that um that we're actually going to revisit our next episode episode number three um is going to be titled 
co-parenting. Co-parenting. I know it's going to be right after Valentine's Day, and people probably want to talk about love and hugs. We talking about co-parenting and why in some situations it just can't work. Some people will call it baby mama, baby daddy drama, right? Like I, I could name it that if I was, if I want to entertain, right? Or maybe I should name it that so people will come and chime in, right? But co-parenting, next episode, episode number three of season two is co-parenting. Accountability and taking responsibility is a weapon we form against ourselves, Natalie said in our comments. She also said, I challenge everyone listening to research executive functioning. This will help us understand why we don't take accountability. I don't know about y'all, but I'm definitely going to look that up because I want to see what that's about. Like I want to see what that's about. I need all the information I get, I can get so I can be a better person, not just for myself, but for the people that I'm responsible for. And I want to be able to give it to y'all. So with that being said, you know, that wraps up episode number two of season number two the welfare system self-sufficiency or government dependency all right thank y'all for tuning in i had a great conversation great time with y'all um if you want to be a part of next episode um or any episode right the episode list is for season two is on all of our platforms right so if you want to be a part of any episode feel free to hit us in a dm you can comment on this video wherever like you don't have to be a millionaire you don't have to have it all together you don't have to have all the answers but if you just want to be a part of the conversation live um and you you ain't a person that want to type right you got a lot to say but you don't want to type it you can be a part of the conversation right there's no qualifications you do not have to have a college degree you ain't got to have a high school diploma right all you got to have is an opinion right and last but not least do not forget that a better me equals a better we I'll see you guys next week, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Y'all have a great night.